If you're tuning into this podcast, it shows you care a great deal about your child's health. So I want to share with you my video course on nutrient supplementation for children that I just published on udemy.com. If you check the description of this episode for the link to my website where you can sign up to my mailing list, as soon as you sign up, I'm going to send you a voucher so that you can get this video course for free. And in the course, I'm going to discuss the most important supplements for children and how to pick quality supplements, how to avoid poor quality ingredients, how to avoid potentially harmful extra ingredients, and basically how to steer clear of the marketing ploys designed to sell us inferior quality supplements. So I hope that you get value out of this course. I'm sure that if you apply the knowledge you learn in it, you will save not just time researching these supplements, but also money. And most importantly, you will get the best quality supplements that your budget will allow so that you can provide your child with the nutritional support that they need. So check out the description for the link to my website where you can sign up to my mailing list. And as I said, as soon as you sign up, I'll send you the the coupon to get the course for free. And if you do sign up, please let me know how you find it. If there's any other information you would like me to include or any other feedback, I would be very grateful if you could send me that. Thank you. In this episode, I'm going to go over oxalates and their role in autism, how to test for them and what to do about them if they're elevated in your child. Now, quick little primer in case you've never heard of oxalates. They're basically oxalate or oxalic acid. It's a highly acidic organic acid and it can it's actually the most acidic organic acid in the human body. And what it can do is it can bind with minerals and even heavy metals to form crystals called oxalate crystals. So it can bind, oxalate can bind, uh, or oxalic acid can bind with calcium, magnesium, zinc, iron, mercury, and so on. And the process, this process causes, for whatever reason, the chemical bonds between the the oxalic acid and the, the mineral or the heavy metal, it causes these crystals to be very difficult to dissociate those those uh, compounds become difficult to dissociate and the crystals that are formed have these jagged edges as can be seen under a microscope and then they can deposit in all sorts of places in the body including um, the bones joints kidneys blood vessels lungs the thyroid even the brain and even in the eyes right so um because of their jagged edges due to the you know the the nature of the 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 compound that's created it can cause a lot of discomfort when it's it's lodged in our tissues and we have some research that has shown that oxalates are ele- very often elevated in autistic children so this is definitely something that should be on your radar now there's several obviously the the pain and discomfort that they can cause is one thing, but other things an increased oxalate burden can cause in the body include, it can deplete the antioxidant glutathione, it can increase oxidative stress, it can actually inhibit the absorption of essential minerals such as calcium, magnesium, zinc, and iron. And as I already mentioned, the oxalate uh, or the oxalic acid can bind with heavy metals and trap them in the body. Now, 
obviously these are not beneficial things. You definitely want to avoid these things in your child's body if you can help it. So the first thing you want to do is test, does your child have elevated oxalates? Now, the, the thing about oxalates, right, is they can be formed in during the normal course of our metabolism. They can be formed, but the biggest sources of oxalates are actually from the diet. Certain fruits and vegetables and grains are very high in oxalates, and I'll go over a few of the most uh, common culprits when it comes to uh, an increased oxalate burden in the diet. And then the other thing that can cause increases in oxalates is yeast and, and fungal uh, overgrowths and infections. So we know that, for example, the mold aspergillus can create oxalate crystals and candida overgrowth has been associated with increased oxalates. So as I've covered in previous episodes, autistic children tend to have a high yeast overgrowth or candida overgrowth. So we know that it's it's a common occurrence. Therefore, oxalates are actually a high-risk item or and they're definitely one of the things you'd want to test for as part of the preliminary tests that you run on your child. Now, thankfully, luckily, the organic acids test from the Great Plains Lab actually has a few markers for oxalates. There's two mar markers that can, they, they basically indicate more of a genetic uh, kind of uh, disorder with oxalate metabolism. And then there's one marker called oxalic that can actually signal an increase in oxalates. And they're generally, they're usually from either diet or um, yeast or fungal overgrowth. And more often than not, it's, it's, it's a mixture of the two. So what you likely see if you run the organic acids test and your child's yeast markers are high or elevated, it's very likely that the oxalic acid um, marker will be elevated too. So that's one way to test for it. And generally, there, there is some research I cite in my book that independently from the Great Plains Lab has found elevated oxalates to be an issue in autistic children. But... Because the, uh, the Great Plains Lab runs so many tests on autistic children, they, they've told us, I've heard from the director of the lab, Dr. Shaw, uh, when I've been to uh, conferences, workshops, summits that he has spoken at, and he would tell us that, I, I can't remember the percentage, but it was a huge percentage of autistic children have a, an elevated oxalate burden. So this is definitely one of the most common um, metabolic challenges or health challenges that your child could suffer from. So it's definitely something, like I said, already to be tested for, to be on your radar, to, for you to be aware of, because it's, it's not particularly difficult to address an elevated oxalate burden in the diet. I'll, I'll go over that in a, if, in a couple of minutes. And it's not particularly difficult to address a, an yeast infection, for example, right? This is why it's so important to, to test for it and address it as soon as you can, right? Now, so if the, let's say you run the organic acids test and the oxalates are indeed elevated, which is more, more often than not, they will be at least slightly elevated or at least slightly above the range. So in this instance, what is most likely the best protocol to do is an antifungal protocol, which can be either medications or herbals. Generally, if it's, if it's not a particularly heavy infection or overgrowth, you can just go with the herbals, 
herbal um, antifungal uh, supplement and probiotics. And then you would also do the low oxalate diet. So that's generally the, the, the basic standard protocol to address elevated oxalate. Now, the low oxalate diet, basically, you just, you need to first of all, learn what foods are high in oxalates, and then gradually reduce them by about 5 to 10% per week from your child's diet. This is extremely important. You want to only reduce the oxalate-containing foods by about 5 to 10% per week because if you suddenly decrease the oxalates in your child's diet, what can very often happen if there's been a a burden of a, a body burden of oxalates is the body will dump oxalates too quickly and because of their their physical nature of you know having these crystal like shapes and structures and um, uh, jagged edges this can be an extremely uncomfortable process that's why you want to let the body slowly get rid of the excess oxalate burden so you'd basically find out what the, the high high oxalate containing foods are figure out which of them your, your child eats and in what quantity, and then think about little strategies how to reduce those foods gradually. So I'll, I'll get into the foods in a second, just to give you an idea of what high oxalate foods are. So basically, some of the foods with the highest oxalate content include almonds, amaranth, beets, buckwheat, carrots, chard, chia seeds, chocolate, cocoa, various nuts, parsnips, potatoes, sweet potatoes, rhubarb, sesame seeds, soy is particularly high, spinach is very high in oxalates, spelt and wheat. So these are, as you can see, a lot of staple foods, especially many people think spinach is such a healthy food. But if, if oxalates are a, pro a problem for you or your child, spinach is not going to at all be healthy especially if it's not non-organic and contains pesticides or various other chemicals it's actually not a healthy food if 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 high oxalates are a problem for for the person eating it right so so basically grains and seeds and nuts and and a lot of root vegetables like parsnips potatoes sweet potatoes beets these are the high oxalate containing foods so so yeah, so you basically, you get a list of these foods, you figure out which of them your child eats, you know, the most, and then you would just slowly reduce. For example, in this case, let's say your child eats chocolate, cocoa, uh, some nuts, some sweet potatoes, let's say some spinach, um, some wheat or, you know, whatever, bread or other whole grain foods, carrots, you would start with, let's say, Week one, you would remove the spinach and maybe re start reducing the wheat-containing products. Then the, the second week, you might, um, let's say, reduce the sweet potatoes and so on. And and you would want to substitute for lower oxalate-containing foods or, or foods that don't generally have oxalates. So it's similar to the gluten-free diet where you reduce the foods like the, the casein and the, the gluten-containing foods gradually. Or you can swap in some gluten-free products, casein-free products as well. So it, it's every family situation is different. You know, sometimes you, you're very busy. Uh, sometimes you don't have the energy. 
uh, or the willpower to, to do it. Sometimes you have more time on your hands. Let's say one of the parents isn't working. So it, every every family needs to navigate this in, in the way that is right for them. But that's the basic low oxalate diet. Now, in conjunction with the low oxalate diet, there's some supplements that are very, very helpful when um, you want to address elevated oxalates in your child. So I already mentioned that the antifungal protocol, which will be herbal, generally herbal antifungal supplements, probiotics. And what you would also need to ideally uh, do is reduce the sugar in the diet because that will um, feed the yeast and in turn that, that can kind of contribute to, to them producing oxalates and so on. So in other supplements that can be helpful here would be, for example, vitamin B6. This is used in one enzyme that uh, degrades o- o- oxalates, right? So th- that's helpful. Another very useful one is calcium and magnesium citrate at meal times. So you basically give it to your child. Let's say if you have it in powder form in a drink or a chewable, you give them uh, to your child during the f- during the meal times, and it has to be exactly citrate. So calcium citrate, magnesium citrate, not other forms of these minerals. And the reason you give that um, form of these supplements to your child during the meal is because they actually will bind with oxalates in the gut and they will form these indigestible uh, oxalate crystals. So your child will just excrete them through the poop. So they won't get absorbed into the body. So this is one way to reduce the, even if this is basically when there's oxalates in the diet, in the food, you're reducing the burden of oxalates that will get absorbed into your child's body. So these are the two most important, um, vitamin B6 and calcium and magnesium citrate at meal times. Other useful supplements will include omega-3 fatty acids, but these should already be a daily staple in your child's program. Taurine, which is an amino acid-like compound, great supplement. The mineral selenium, then N-acetoglucosamine, chondroitin sulfate, vitamin E and arginine. Occasionally, these last few may be recommended by your practitioner if they deem it if this is in case where the the oxalate burden is particularly heavy and you want all the help you can get basically right so that was a little overview of what oxalates are why they can be a problem for autistic children we went over a few of the the most um, the highest oxalate containing foods there was a I gave you a, a brief overview of the the low oxalate diet and some supplements that you can also use to add to the protocol in case you do the organic acids test and you do indeed see that uh, elevated oxalates are an issue for your child so i hope that you found this episode helpful and i hope to see you on the next one